Midnight Cage Fight. Someone's gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. The treasure of the Knights Templar is the treasure of all treasures. Oh, I didn't know that, really. My house is mine in a cage. Pretty good. Hey everyone, welcome yep. to episode two of Late Night Cage Fight. I'm Reese. I'm here with Steve and Kevin. How you guys doing tonight? Good. Ready to rock. <laughs> yeah, ready to rock. That's what I. That's what I love to hear. So we just finished watching Nicolas Cage's second film, Rumblefish. And before, so yeah, go I, ahead. You know, I honestly, on that note, I realized something as I was doing some research for this movie that well, this was our well, this was Nick's second released film rumblefist was actually recorded prior to valley girl oh is that so yes it was actually because of his role in valley or in in rumblefish because of his uh, accomplishment and because of being in that movie that helped him get his role in yeah. valley girl which okay ultimately released prior and launched his career okay that makes sense yeah, yeah, that's going to kind of change my theory about why I think Nick got this particular role. Yeah. But that makes sense as well. Hey, thank you for that little tidbit, that little factoid, Steve. That's, yeah, that's why we keep you around, anytime. right? Yeah. Great. But before we start with Rumblefish, we want to remind you that the last film we watched was Valley Girl. And we have a few updates regarding Valley Girl. And I'm going to throw the first one at you, Steve, because this one might be the best. Okay. 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 You ready for this? I will, I will challenge that. MGM has remade Valley Girl. In fact, what I'm reading is they've actually shot the whole thing. And it was set to come out June 29th this year. This year? Yeah, this year. But... Fuck my asshole. They... <laughs> <laughs> But they put it, they put it on hiatus. They had to hold really? it back. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> I'm gonna tell <laughs> you why, Steve. Because I couldn't live up to the original. No, I'm gonna tell you why, Steve. Because okay. of one of the actors who's in the film and something he did this year that was a little shocking. Um, he's not actually an actor. He's a YouTube star. No, his name's Logan Paul. Oh, even better. Yeah, Logan Paul is in this movie, and, is he and Tommy? unfortunately, no, I don't think he was Tommy. I don't okay. believe so. It would fit. Oh yeah, it would yeah. also. I, I I couldn't imagine a version of Valley Girl that could be any worse uh, until now. <laughs> but unfortunately, Logan Paul, uh, Kevin, he's a YouTube star. He's but he's a kid. Uh, oh okay. Yeah, he's got like 17 million followers on YouTube, and he thought it would be a good idea to fly to Japan and record uh, people who have just committed suicide. In the forest. Well, that, you know that oh. was that was the coup d'état of what he did. That's to true. Up. But but he had he had, he was harassing people. Oh yeah. Just completely inappropriately prior to that. Yes. And then yeah, that was that was the kind of the coup d'état of like found a dead body in the suicide forest <laughs> and made a joke out of it. Right. Because I mean that's that's funny. I'm sorry. So what's yeah. your news, Steve? Let's hear it. Not quite as good as a complete full-on remake, but I did find out that there is a kind of like a spiritual sequel to Valley Girl okay. called 20 Totally Tubular Years Later. 20 Totally Tubular Years Later. Yeah. Okay, so it's like a retrospective. Where did you find this? I I found it I found it online. Um, it was it was a uh, part of the DVD release that came as part of the 20-year anniversary. Uh, okay. 
Um, so it's, uh, I think it's more of like a documentary-esque kind of thing, not yeah. so much like a full-on remake, but um, interesting. it seems interesting. I kind of I kind of want to check it out. Yeah, you know, I think we have some homework, fellas. Yeah. So for episode three, we may even have <laughs> more news on more Valley Girl. Girls. It's crazy that it's so relevant now. It is. Um, it is. You know, because we have the remake, wow. and then also we had the special edition Blu-ray. Well, if out. you want to add to the homework, I also found out that there is another spinoff. Tell me, Sensei. Of, of Valley Girls. It's called California Valley Girls. Oh. It's actually a pornography. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, that's 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 your job. Let us know how that one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, is Nick Cage in that one, too? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, well, but I'm I... sure he wishes he was. <laughs> yeah. I th- it was filmed in the same year, though. So... Interesting. Wow. It was really filmed in the same year. Same year. Wow. I'm surprised they didn't sell more of that. Okay. So for the, for the follow-up notes that I had from, from Valley Girl, you had mentioned at one point that Valley Girl was uh, supposed to be based, the, you know, there was the Frank Zappa song, right? Yes. So they originally approached Frank Zappa about um, kind of being involved in all this, and he told them no. Good. Because he had self-respect. Yeah. After they did that, he tried to sue them. No kidding. No kidding. He ultimately ended up losing. Yeah, right. But, uh, as, as so often happens when you sue yeah. a major motion picture studio. The important thing to know is that Frank Zappa wanted nothing to do with that movie and yeah. still wants nothing to do with that movie. So. Well, I, I mean, he's dead, but yeah, well, I'm sure. <laughs> he still has to protect his reputation. Yeah, yeah. So you had mentioned also the the excessive amount of um, of almost sex scenes in that movie. Yeah. So uh, you actually nailed it with the with the writers. Nailed because it because the director was forced. Part of the agreement was they had to show tits at least four times mm. in the movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> they had to make it work. No kidding. No kidding, because they wow. wanted to make sure it appealed to young male audiences. Yeah. So they said tits have to be in the episode in the movie at least four times. Wow. I mean, there were tits. I saw them, but I, I must be a, an old male audience member. That's right. Because I was I didn't find it that appealing. Sorry. <laughs> Is that it, it didn't for the make it worth it? It didn't make it worth it. That's for sure. <laughs> Is that it, Steve? Is there any more value? Oh no, I've got I've got. I've, Three more bits. Oh, Jesus. All right, let's hear it. Three more. Three more. So I called it because Nick was in love with his co-star. No. Deborah, uh, the the girl that played Julie. Yeah. He was real life in love with her. Stop it. And he swooned over the entire time and wrote her poetry. Stop it. Wrote her poetry. I'm going to spill my beer. No, I'm dead. That serious. makes it even worse, man. It does. Make when it you worse. watch his acting and how he, uh, how he acts towards her, he spent the entire time on set writing her little poems and sending them, giving them to her. She still has some of them to this day. I'm pretty oh sure my. they're sitting with her lawyer. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was in a whole lot more movies after that. There's that probably he's probably the she reason. Was terrified. She's probably like, I'm done with this shit. That was that was sort of her PTSD. Wow. I, I'm yeah. totally wrong. You've got the good scoop here. <laughs> totally. Man. So, also, oh. this was Kevin Smith's favorite movie. Oh One of his favorite God. movies. What is it with these people? So, first Quentin Tarantino and now Kevin Smith. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. 
whatever. I mean, you know, I don't hate Kevin Smith. He's got, he he's got some good flicks, particularly the the older ones, you know, Clerks, Small Rats, yada yada. But he's also got some real stinkers. So my <laughs> final piece of knowledge is is what Kevin specifically requested was the knowledge of why Nick was fired from Fast Times at Ridmont High. You know, thanks, Steve. I'm glad you go above and Absolutely. beyond. Absolutely. Let's hear it. Anything, anything for a friend. Great. Oh, yeah, thanks. So there were a number of items. One, he lied about his age to get in, to, to get in a leading role for the movie. He okay. was only 17 at the time. Yep. He lied. He said he was old enough, but they couldn't do it because the direction or the director's writer's studio, <laughs> I'm not sure at that point, Wanted a lot of nudity in this that later ended up getting cut. I mean, they wanted like some full frontal fucking damn near rape scenes, <laughs> <laughs> just just to try to get people, you know, get people real riled up. What the hell it. was going on in the eighties? Oh, and there were there were a lot of shit going on back then. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. So that was the big reason, but also because when he did his original uh, pitch for the movie, it was really dark, really dark. And they were kind of a little bit scared. Okay, say that his pitch for his character. For for the main character, for for the main character that he was originally trying to go for in Fast Times. Oh. Uh, he took he, a real dark approach with that character. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, and they were just they were not feeling it. Do you know dark in terms of what? Like creepy dark or like depressing? I I. I... I'm not sure the, the exact details, but it kind of made it sound a little bit more on the creepy end. I mean, knowing Nick, you know, yeah. he probably yeah. took it to the nth degree. And and, and, and he does. And he does. <laughs> but even even being in there is a somewhat supporting role because, again, yeah. he was only 17, so he could only work limited hours due to his age. Okay. This was, of course, that he was still casted in this movie as, as Nicholas Coppola. This is before he had changed his name to Cage. Right. He used to brag to all the other guys on the set about how he was going to be more famous than everybody else because of his uncle. Oh. <laughs> to the point that everybody hated him and yeah. mocked him. Really? And no. made fun of him about it. Um, how do you which, know this? Where did I, you find I, this? I admit it. This is the research that I've done, son. Wow. So people oh, yeah. were laughing at Cage even <laughs> then. Laughing at Cage. And this is, this is my – so my theory is that this is why he changed his name. Ah, makes sense. Because yeah. ultimately what he tells people is that he changed his name because he didn't want to be held back and he wanted to prove that he could right. do it by himself and he didn't need the couple of name in order to, you know, define himself. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's because he fucked up so hard mm -hmm. thinking that he was a badass and everyone's like, dude, come on. But you're saying, so are you saying Rumblefish was filmed first? Yeah, Rumblefish was filmed first. So okay. after Fast Pants to Richmond High, he picked up with Rumblefish, he started yeah. filming that and then moved in from that into Valley Girl, mm -hmm. which will ultimately end up uh, hitting the box office first. Okay. So are, are we ready to start talking about Rumblefish? Does, does that yeah. does that end the Steve I News mean, segment? Yeah. The, the only in-between point between the Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Valley Girl was that uh, ultimately when he left Fast Times, he, uh, he actually ended up spending a short time selling popcorn at the uh, Fairfax Theater before Uncle Francis was like, all right, dude, come on, let's go. Let's get let's get you out. My popcorn is ready. Okay, because okay. my theory my with, with uh, Rumblefish is that <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola didn't want him in it. I mean... And maybe, maybe, maybe. 
And I, 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 I'll, I will throw in a bit of that argument throughout this, yeah. throughout this as well. Or, or sh- I shouldn't say didn't want him in it, but had a, a degree of reluctance. In I can see him. that. But I mean, we'll never know. But let's let's go ahead and, and talk about 1983's Rumblefish, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. So, Steve, why don't you tell us what happens in this film? So well, the mm-hmm. movie kind of kicks off in like this. Uh, what is it? They're they're in like a bar playing pool. Yeah, Benny's uh, billiards. And yeah, billiards. Yeah, sure, whatever. Pool. Pool. Um, dude comes in. What, what is it? What is, who is the guy? Is it, it's Morpheus, right? It is Morpheus. It's Lawrence yeah. Fishburne. Yes. Yeah, Morpheus comes in. He's like, "Hey, uh, who's who's the main character? Who's the main guy in this movie? What was his name again?" How can you forget? <laughs> Rusty James. <laughs> You're Rusty, Rusty James. James. That's right. Rusty James. I forget. They only they probably only said his name at least 75 times throughout the entire oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Which right. Yeah, never just Rusty. Every, once every <laughs> one and a half minutes. Something yeah. like that. And by the way, Lawrence Fishburne's character, his name was Midget. Midget. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he comes in and he's like, hey. Uh, Biff Wilcox. Biff Wilcox. 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 I remember. If Wilcox looking for you, Rusty James. Wilcox, Wilcox wants to fight from yep. Kroger. Okay. And uh, main character in this movie, of course, is Matt Dillon. So that's where the kind of the central focus is throughout all of this. Nick kind of plays like a, an interesting support role throughout all this. Like the whole intro scene is really, really kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Right? So you've got Matt Dillon's character, Rusty James, right. who's like the next karate kid. Okay. <laughs> and then you've got... Um, Nick Cage, who looks yeah. like he's about ready to go, like he's like the kingpin of the bowling league. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen, Rusty James. Yeah, and then you got Steve, who's like the resident nerd. I mean, he's even got like his books and his little notepad and everything yeah. to go on along with it. And right. then sweaty ass BJ. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the dude who slaps yeah. himself in the face, right? Yeah. Before yeah. the fight. Yeah. So That's, it comes uh, in mm-hmm. and uh, Midget, Midget is getting them prepared for the fight and they're all. Getting worked up, getting ready for it, getting it, headed out. Right, and old Benny, he's behind the counter going, I don't like that cussing. Stop that cussing. <laughs> I don't like that cussing. Bring it down, bring it down. Cool it off. Rusty James. Rusty James orders himself a good old good old glass of chocolate milk. Put some hair on his chest like a real man. All right. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that because it was the only time in the movie okay. that he's not drinking alcohol, and it was the only time they made a reference to the fact that he was drinking some hard shit. All right. Because he had to pay for it. Because he had then. to pay for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We're putting some hair on his chest because he had to pay for it. So I, I did get a kick out of the fact that for, for Nick in specific, I mean, he was he was really trying to be like the cool guy throughout all this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we let's get to the fight now. But before we get to the fight, mm-hmm. I mean, like, as we're heading through there, I have to, there's, there's one other point that I have to fit out. Okay. The whole movie's in black and white, right? Except there's, like, one scene as they're passing by, like, the shop or something. Yeah, the pet store. Pet, pet store. Pet store. And there's these, these colored fish. Right. Right. Only color. You see yep. in the whole movie. Yep, these, it's these significant. These fish are walking yep. by. Mm-hmm. Yep, we'll talk about that. Let's just go through what happens. So, what is that? They, he, he stops, he checks out his girl. And and this girl's oh, little right. little sister. Yeah, <laughs> she wants some of that D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes she does. Yeah, she does. Hey, Rusty James. Hey, Donnie, your sister home? Yeah, but I thought you were coming to see me. <laughs> and then her older sister's like, 
Um, <laughs> um, no, I want the D. Will you go to your room? I'm going to get the D right here on, on our living room couch. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I do have to admit, throughout the whole beginning of this movie, I mean, straight from the get-go, I was like, man, compared to what we watched last time, yeah. I mean, camera work is on point, acting is on point, okay, effects are okay. on point. We'll talk about like, that. Let's just go through what happens. So we get up to... We get up to the fight, right? And this is, um, they're fighting in what, what, like a train station, right? Is Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so they come up to the train station and uh, call out for, like, the dudes to fight. It's, um, it's like the, 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 the fucking number two from, from, uh, uh, Bunraku. Did you ever see that? Oh, God, Steve. These, oh, oh, these yeah. references I've... you throw out. Well, does he look Japanese? <laughs> he looks fishy. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you. Right? You know, for yeah. me, it reminded me of the bad music video by Michael Jackson. That's good, yeah. In fact, yeah. it may have been the inspiration. I'm sure that this movie predates that. Well, I'm not sure, but I, I, I think so. So, yeah, um, I mean, the fight goes on. I, if I remember correctly, I was reading up a little bit. There was, like, a big, uh, this was, like, a big choreography point or something. There's, like, a lot of uh, big <laughs> elements here yeah. that were, like, really... <laughs> Are you flipping through the movie right now? What? What is that? Because I, yeah, I hear the movie. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah, I heard, oh, heard the man. train. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a train. I gotta remember. I'm not good at this. I'm not That's good at cool. Memories and things. That's cool. All right. So, so I'll help you out. All, all right. right. So they got. They had the fight. They're, they're, he's uh, Rusty James. He's fighting uh, Biff Wilcox, but you know, old Biff decided to bring a knife to a fist fight. Yeah, and which is pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. uh, we get a pretty stellar action sequence, and then next thing you know, uh, Rusty James is kind of, you think he's down for the count, and then our hero arrives, right? That's right. Who's our hero? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> motorcycle boy. Oh, well, first yeah. it was Steve. Okay, well, because the Steve motorcycle boy. the fucking flaming wood that, that Rusty James used to beat his ass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. He, well, he started getting the upper hand big time, and then, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. The motorcycle yeah. boy came in to fight. That's right. He was he was beating him with that that burning piece of wood. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Until he got fucking cut. <laughs> yeah. So motorcycle boy shows up. Uh, Rusty James gets sliced, and then you're not quite sure what motorcycle boy is gonna do. And of course, uh, motorcycle boy is played by Mickey Rourke. Probably one of his, if not his best role. Um, I, he launches his motorcycle at Biff, and I, I assume kills him. Yeah? Yeah. It certainly seems that way. Right. It's pretty impressive. Um, then the cop shows up. What's his name? I don't know. He's the weirdest-ass cop. It was, uh, well, that was, um... Patterson. William, was that? Oh, yeah, William Smith. Right. Patterson the cop. Yeah. yeah. He was a badass cop. Like, you say Will Smith? Weird. Yeah, it was Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> when I originally saw the credits, I thought it was like the Will Smith. Yeah. I was like, no, that don't make sense. Will Smith and Whiteface? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we learn that Motorcycle Boy, he's come back, but we get the sense that he was, he was real important at one time. Uh, we learn that he was a leader of a gang, or maybe multiple gangs, and for some unknown reason, he left to go to California. Yeah, they, I, I don't think they even knew where he went. 
you know, until he told his brother when he came back. Right. We skip through these scenes where, like, uh, <laughs> Rusty James is, like, bleeding out on the bed and kind of, yep. like, bedridden. Bleeding. You're bleeding everywhere. Right. And he's going and, like, visiting his girl. And then mm-hmm. out of nowhere, he's, like, attacking this – well, not, not not physically attacking, but, like, verbally attacking this, this druggie. Yes. In, yes. In stairwell. Cassandra, Cassandra, I think is her name. Cassandra. Because she knows oh. the motorcycle boy's back, and she's trying to get with him. Yeah. And they they obviously have some kind of history together. And he's like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> Are you on that heroin? Fucking hell. She's like, I'm not, I'm not addicted, though. I'm not addicted. I just thought I could do it once, you know, and feel a I little better. I just do better. it sometimes for fun when I'm lonely. Yeah. I mean, is that addicted? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, that was significant. Uh, we have to admit that every scene, every moment, every shot in this movie has a purpose. Has been. Yeah. 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 And again, we'll get into that after we, we get through the plot and the important beats that happen in this movie. So, let's see, as you said, yeah, he, he uh, Rusty James got a pretty nasty knife wound. Uh, we meet uh, Cassandra. Well... <clears throat> glass wound. Glass? Yeah. It was glass? Yeah, yeah, glass. he cut him with, with broken glass. Yeah. Oh, that's right. See, that's why I need you guys. That's why I need yeah. you guys. Yeah. yeah, well, see, they, they broke like a window and then oh, a bunch yeah, of glass. Oh, yeah, he smashed him out. in the window. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so he grabbed the piece of glass and slices him with that. What a. And it, it looked worse than it was. What apparently. a coward. Yeah, yeah, and Steve. <laughs> Steve is like trying to be the medic, right? Well, apparently, apparently Steve knows the cops somehow. Right? Cop, yeah, he was all like, "What are you doing here, Steve?" Yep, and and the cop is like, uh, "You need to pick better company." Yep. Yeah, you're right. So Steve is a character who is is like he he's the straight guy. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's got himself mostly together. He's probably on the best path compared to all the other characters, um, and he's something that the other characters who are, by and large, the rebels, the, the gangsters, what have you, who, who I, I, are the counterculture... I, I, I had questions about the whole Rusty James gang in the first place. Right. But, but they're, mm-hmm. they're rebelling against the, what society is trying to turn you into as a kid becoming an adult, right? And he is what they perceive... Uh, they are supposed to become, which is boring, cowardly. You know what I'm saying? As far as I can tell, given the time period, Steve is the only one that's from the valley, and all the rest are the outsiders. Yeah, man. He's from the valley the whole time. He's like, well, you should have been like, well, I've been to California. Yeah, I'm from the valley. I'm from there. Yeah, so Rusty James and, and, and his brother... Motorcycle boy, they they're they're hanging out with their dad. Yeah, their dad they, played they... by Dennis Hopper, and they're and he's a complete uh, washed up drunk. Absolutely. Yeah. What does he call his dad? He calls him a a, a lawyer on welfare. Strange. At least I ain't a lawyer on welfare. So and we that's... flash forward to that to, yeah. to you know just kind of a night of like drinking and being passed out with him. Right, and but that's important because that's when we learn that motorcycle boy is Rusty James's brother. Right. Mm-hmm. We move from that into a crazy sex party, followed up with the <laughs> yes, Rusty James being kicked out of school. That's right. 
He's suspended. Suspended. Okay. Indefinitely. Yep. Now, is that the same sex party where Rusty James has sex with another girl? I, another girl is kind of an understatement because, I mean, honestly, like, that looks like the best sex party in any movie I've seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw that scene and I thought, man, I wish there were sex parties like that when I was in high school, college. Right. Or I wish there were sex parties like that now. Any point in my life. Yeah, I would tell my wife, like, sorry, I got shit to do tonight. <laughs> yeah. Be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, is that when they make the trip over to the other side, right? They leave the valley. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, the other side of the river? So we, we also have to mention, we don't quite know, unless I missed something, we don't quite know where this movie's set. No, Somewhere, no. Fact, I'm thinking... I, I made a note at one point, because the amount of times they mentioned California throughout this movie, I'm yeah. like, where the fuck does this movie take place? Yeah, it's obviously like a, an industrial city. I was thinking Midwest or maybe somewhere in the South. It has to be somewhere where the idea of being in California in this time period is, is somewhat obscure. Oh, yeah. Because they make a very strong point mm-hmm. that being in California is an obscure idea. Yeah. Obscure, yeah, uh, you could say obscure or magical, almost. Yeah, 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 and it and and like they they never go to the ocean because he asks them about the ocean. And he just says, "I I never made it that far. California got in the way." Yeah, very interesting, very interesting yeah. line. Yeah, so uh, probably somewhere you know, kind of in the middle of the country. Yeah. So I hope I'm not skipping too much. If I am, back me up. But uh, there's an important scene where they're out on the town. It's Rusty and Motorcycle Boy and Steve. This may be too close towards the end. Um, but it's it's important because after they've gone out partying and stuff, you find out that Rusty's older brother, Motorcycle Boy, actually went to California to find their mom. No, that's pretty much like the... I mean, the only thing that really happens in between there, mm-hmm. from what you're saying, and this is just some other... I mean, Rush James talking to his to his girl, and why are you all upset about me fucking other girls? Okay, that yeah, that's a big part too. Yeah, yeah, she breaks yeah. up with him. Kind of. I don't know. She like she doesn't really make like a definitive like we're done kind of thing. Okay. But just kind of like a. I think she does. You're an asshole. Okay. Well. Yeah. I mean. You treat me like shit, kind of thing. Yeah, I think most people in healthy relationships say "fuck right. you, well, asshole" yeah, a lot. Welcome, to welcome, the... to, it... welcome to 2018. <laughs> That's how things work now. Just go fuck yourself, all right? You are an asshole. <laughs> um, don't you think? Uh, don't you think maybe Nick Cage got got one of his "fuck you" lines from Valley Girl from this actual <laughs> scene? Yeah. Oh yeah. Quite, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> So we move into, like, yeah, and then we kind of move into some, like, one-on-one scenes with, like, Rusty James and his brother where there's, like, a lot of, like, real psychological kind of shit going on. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Talking to the cop and kind of, like, you don't really know him kind of things. Yeah. They really play up Motorcycle Boy as this legendary hero. Yeah. And the cop... Well, they question, yeah, the cop kind of questions him as, like, he's not the hero you think he is. Right. And also throughout the movie, we get these moments where Rusty James, whether it's in like a kind of uh, monologue or he's talking to another character about how he wants to be like his brother. He sees himself becoming 
I'm his gonna brother. be like him in a few years. And I'm everyone, like him in a few years. everyone in the movie basically tells him either you don't know your brother, or you 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 cannot become like him. Yeah. He's an anomaly. It's what his dad tells him. It's what the the guy in the bar tells him, right? So it's kind of like in the middle of this movie, I started really kind of questioning, like, if this was like some, uh, some, uh, what the fuck is that movie? Uh, Fight Club shit going on. Here. Oh, I definitely like, thought of Fight Club watching this. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, is this guy even real or is this all just like a figment of his imagination? I'm, and like him kind of projecting it. Right. Without sort of, a doubt, Fight Club was yeah. inspired by this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, ha- I really think so. So let's see. So, let's, yeah, yeah. We, we go into we go into the what there was like the the party scene where like uh, motorcycle boy kind of like he's chilling out with Cassandra a little bit. Uh huh. You know, Rusty James is kind of like you know that you know that girl's disgusting, right? Yeah. She's, she's a druggie, right? Right. Steve's like, I don't know, man. I'd do her. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. Yeah, <laughs> typical Steve. And and uh, somewhere uh, somewhere during this evening of debauchery. Motorcycle boy disappears. And well, it's, yeah, it's like shortly after that. Yeah, like the, the, there's a little bit of the conversation with with uh, Rusty James and Motorcycle Boy afterwards, kind of talking about you know like like you were saying his mother and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, yeah, he ultimately just kind of like he's gone suddenly. You don't really understand why or where he went or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so Rusty and Steve they end up in this dark alley. And immediately they know that it's not good, and they get jumped by these two thugs. And the thugs, one of them hits Rusty James in the head with a pipe, and Rusty James then proceeds to fall to the ground and die. Remember this? Yeah, it's, yeah. It was like it was like this weird out of body experience. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. his spirit escapes his body, and yeah. you see all the people grieving. You see Patty. His girlfriend or ex-girlfriend uh, grieving his death with, with her little sister, um, and then all his friends. Sister really wanted that. Yeah, she, his her sister was supremely disappointed. You 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 assume it's the death then, right? I mean, is he really dead? Is it a dream? We don't know. Is it a hallucination? We'll talk more about that because there are many levels. But he does return to his body, and then who comes to save the day? Motorcycle boy. Boy. Yeah, he arrives, kicks the shit out of the dudes. But when Rusty James comes to, they're in another location, right? Or is it the same one? It's kind of confusing. So he kind of like, he wakes up a little bit and like sees Motorcycle Boy kind of like finishing everybody off. And then, then like the next thing you know, they're, they're in a different place. Right. It was, okay. It was a little bit surreal kind of. Yeah. Well, surreal is a great word yeah. for this movie. There's a lot of surrealism going on. Yeah. Super poetic. Um, but then we kind of get the climax of the movie is is right here. Yeah, they're like under the bridge. Under the bridge, yeah. Steve, um, what's his name? Ru- Ru- Rusty, Rusty James? Oh, Rusty James. Rusty James. That's Rusty it. James. That's Rusty it. James. Uh, Rick mm-hmm. James' is, uh, white brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what happens in this scene? And I'm asking seriously because I can't quite remember exactly which part this was, but it, it was I, very it's, good. It's, I, I don't know, like, he wakes up, and he's kind of like, there's just this, Steve's kind of freaking out, going like, what the fuck's going on? Steve's just, like, 
done by at this point with anything gang related or anything he he's complaining the whole time and and acting like everything's so stupid with fighting and yeah. and gangs and and rusty's still pretty out of it he, he doesn't say a lot there okay so basically steve's steve's just seems to be kind of pissed a little bit at uh motorcycle boy just and at rusty just because i feel like maybe he thinks motorcycle boy could could steer rusty into a better direction or something and oh okay um yeah just he's just fed up with it at this point because of what just that's happened. right that's like, right and just died that's right and steve gets motorcycle boy to admit that the gangs were nothing that essentially they meant nothing to him am i right yeah yeah and, yeah he, and because yeah, he of says, that like he says tell him tell him it was. I, I don't remember what he said exactly. Yeah, it, was like, like, it was all for nothing. It was all yeah. worth. It was all pointless. You tell him. It wasn't anything. He's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was fun, but yeah. In the end, I guess it was all pointless. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, important then, because yeah. this this whole film, Rusty James is trying to live up to this image he has of his brother, and in this moment, he he finally realizes that his image is false. Yeah. It doesn't add up to the man. Um, then we get back to the billiards place, and this is, man, I mean, this is Nick's shining moment, right? Well, I mean, so before we get to the Nick's shining moment, there was there oh. was one point that I got a kick out of, and it was it was right when Rusty James first gets there. Yeah. Just like that guy in the background of Valley Girl, just out of nowhere, uh-huh. Rusty James just dumps a cup of of water all over his head. <laughs> yeah. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He just dumps a cup of water and he goes, "Man, that feels great." <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hot in here man okay <laughs> yeah because it's hot in there yeah hot in there. yeah yeah oh Which yeah you think of that guy in the background about the girl yeah and he's all beat up yeah he's all beat up right i mean throughout the entire movie i swear he's like constantly bleeding from that from that knife wound yeah yeah mm-hmm. i feel like that never actually heals which again yeah. makes me kind of question the whole yeah surrealism aspect of the movie right it's intentional Definitely. yeah but uh, yeah, yeah, this was like this was Nick's shining moment. Yeah. So movie. Patty walks in, Rusty James approaches her. Yeah, because he wants some of that. He wants be. some of that. I mean, uh, so he's a, trying to he's trying to you know fix thing. things. He's trying right. to fix things like Nick was trying to fix things in Valley Girl. You know. That's right. Nobody and, tells you who you can score with. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, well, um, we can't fix things because... And then Nicholas Cageless enters. And we find out... Well, first, he's like, I want to go outside, Rusty James. You know, let's go outside. And Nick is like, I don't want to fight you, man. I don't want to fight you. Because you're already beat up, and I'm just going to kick your ass. Because I'm such a badass. Because I'm such a badass with my perm. Uh, Is it a perm? I don't know what it is. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, hey, he was, it's because he just finished waxing his chest for <laughs> Valley Girl, so he didn't want to have to take his shirt off. Right on. It's like the beginning of uh, it's it's like all it's it's the most you can do as far as making a fro with all the hair he had. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't too crazy. I mean, I kind of you know. No, he, he looked decent at this point. In the movie. Yeah. Like I said. The beginning, he looked like he was getting ready to go on on league for the bowling team. 
Mm-hmm. But at this point, he actually yeah. started looking like, you know, I, I, I can reasonably understand this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they go outside, and we find out that Nick Cage, Smokey, kind of engineered part of this so that he could get an in with Patty. And he tells mm-hmm. he tells Rusty James, basically, look, I did this because I'm actually smart enough to do this. And you know that I'm the one who actually should lead the gang if we're going to have yeah. a leader after Motorcycle Boy. And you know this is true because you're dumb. Everyone tells you you're dumb, and you just don't get it. It's nothing personal, Rusty James. But nobody would follow you into a gang fight because you get people killed. Nobody wants to be killed. Which is great for, for Nick Cage line. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. Yeah, it, well, well and, and, and you didn't mention that he, he and <clears throat> maybe you were going to say this, but he mentions yep. that if there is going to be, if there if there was still a gang, he would be the president. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, it would be him. <laughs> yeah, it would be him for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be me. Who else? Uh, how does that scene end? Does it end on a friendly note? I think it kind of does. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it's like somewhat abruptly where he yeah. basically just says like, here you go, here's my, here's my fucking pool stick. Right. And Nick's like, dude, you're not that cool. Yeah. yeah don't flatter yourself. Just, don't yeah. Fl- yeah, don't flatter That's yourself. It. And then it just goes inside. That's right. That's how it ends. And then next scene or one of the next scenes is at the pet store where we find Motorcycle Boy looking at fish, right? And the fish and the tank, they're separated, he says, because if they were in the same tank, they would kill each other. And if you Yeah, could... but it was like Midget, midget the, the fucking Morpheus was walking him up there for whatever That's right. rat mass reason. But yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he goes there to find his brother who's, who's looking at the fish. Right. And like you said before, the fish oh, in the, this, this whole movie is black and white. Right. Uh, and part of that reason is because you find out that Motorcycle Boy is colorblind, but he's not colorblind. Col- colorblind and deaf. And deaf. Which is, which yeah. is another point I just, that I actually want to mention. Yeah, okay, some, we'll, we'll talk about picture. that. We'll talk about that. But he's colorblind in the sense that he cannot see color. Right. He only can see in black and white, yeah. which is why the movie is basically black and white. Right. But the fish are, are colored. You see the blue, red. And yeah. and he he waxes poetic about how the fish have to be separated because if they're together they well, fight. And evidently at the time, the and maybe this is somewhat of a time based thing, but the at the time those those fish were referred to as rumble fish. Yes, which is where the name of the movie came from. That's right. Now, That's right. I, more modernly, I I knew them growing up as beta fish. Sure, sure. Or uh, yeah. what else? Yeah. Siamese fighting fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and earlier yeah. in the movie. Or he refers to gangs as rumbles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's that but parallel. I, I, it was this scene that he he referred to they, these fish as rumble fish. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's making the point. It's a metaphor. The fish, right. you know, are the gang members. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But what does he want to do? He wants to bring the fish home. Yeah, well, he wants to take them out of the river. Because he says if... If they're if they're in a river, if they're in a big enough space, they won't they won't feel the need to fight for their territory. That's right. If their space is big enough, yeah. That's right. So that night, Rusty James follows Motorcycle Boy back to the pet shop. Yeah, there's like this weird in between like sublimism, but yeah. Yeah, I don't quite remember 
what that was. It, it was strange and awkward. There was like a point where they ran into his dad at the bar or something. Oh and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because his dad had to say his dad had to make the point that motorcycle boy is somebody who shouldn't be here. He's someone who was born in the wrong era. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then motorcycle boy's like, "Fuck it, I'm out." <laughs> so Motorcycle Boy decides to to break into the pet shop, release all of the, the pets, take the fish to the river, and release them. And he's so quick, you know, on his feet that Rusty James can't keep up with him. And we discover, tragically, that uh, on his way out, um, he's been shot and killed by one of the police officers. Because police brutality didn't start recently. That's been a thing since 1983, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, shoot to kill for people to steal fish. I know. You know yeah. I thought I thought it was a bit of a stretch myself. <laughs> I'm not. Well, especially because he's white, but. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so he's gone. And Rusty James then decides to finish the job. But he doesn't just finish the job. He takes his brother's motorcycle, and the final shot is him at the ocean. It's not the ocean. It's like the river. Oh, it's not? No, it's like a river, dude. It's like the river it's in a, town. It's, it's like the goddamn Muskingum. Dude, I thought he went to California. No, dude. I thought he went all he, the way. He, he, he really little, did. He walked like lo- three feet over to the Muskingum River, and he was like, good enough. No, I think you're wrong because I swear. I, I, am not wrong. I, I swear. Am not wrong. Again, I have the movie open. He walks over to his body. He picks up the fish. Yeah. And he walks the additional like, maybe I'll give it the realistic fifteen feet further with to the, the bike. Muskingum River. No, he doesn't have to take. The oh bike. no 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 no. Reese is talking about the uh, a, a later scene. You're you're talking about. When he Steve's releases talking, the fish. He's talking about throwing the fish in the river. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, isn't that... There isn't much more after that, is there? After that, yeah. He, like, he gets kind of, like, mildly arrested. His Yeah, he gets arrested. Okay. Yeah. His dad starts drinking again, and then, yeah, he grabs the bike and, like... Yeah. Drives off into maybe... Maybe, yeah, maybe like, the ocean. It looks like the ocean. Yeah, yeah. because there's some yeah. line about that. There's some line about you got to make it to the ocean. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. So Rusty James, I believe, finally escapes his life. You know what I mean? Do you think do you think Rusty James was was going to the ocean to see if the fish made it there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean we we know he's dumb. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they make he's, that he's point enough. He's, he's a very he's a very bright individual. Uh, uh Patty, his girlfriend, <laughs> She's like, well, you're just not no, worried. His girlfriend is dumb. She's fucking Nick Cage instead of fucking Matt Dillon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she I mean, tells him, get you're just get not your priority straight. You're just girl. not word smart. Okay, so now so, yeah, I'd like to know. That's basically the final scene. Yeah. Right, right. So what did you guys think about this movie? I don't all speak at once. All right, so I I will start. I, I honestly like I. Like I said earlier, I kind of hinted at it. Camera work was on point. Acting was on point. The effects were on point. Like, dude, when we started the open Valley Girl and then moved into this, totally different movie. Totally different movie. It's really difficult talking about a movie like this without making it sound like like an eighth grade language arts class. 
or yeah. something. And like knowing that the majority of like the leading roles in this movie went on to be like successful and like true, appropriately successful careers. You know, like yeah. Matt Dillon, Mickey Rourke, Diana Lane. Yes. Um, fuck, man, even like Chris Chris Penn, really, really, really good, good actors. Right. And have furthered their careers, and even even in this movie, like, man, in the first like three to five minutes, I was like, this is totally good. And and like, my wife, we've been watching the trailer, and she's like, I don't know if I really want to watch a movie about gangs. Okay. So she was kind of like taking care of other things while I was like trying to watch the movie. Yeah. And she would pop in every now and again, and like, as she sit in the background, I'm like, honey, you need to watch this movie. This is this is a really good movie. This is a really good movie. <laughs> like. I know mm-hmm. Nick is in it, but it's actually a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Francis Ford Coppola, of course, world-renowned director, um, famous for the Godfather films. Uh, those are the only ones I think I've seen from him. He's got yeah. an interesting oh, This wow. is one of Francis Ford Coppola's, like, this is one of his favorite films. Oh, actually, is it really? He has done. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that it's kind of similar to The Outsiders. I've never seen The Outsiders, but The, the Outsiders is the more... More well There's a known. lot of homage to that because it was based on the, the, this was a book based on the same author. Yes, correct. Correct. Yeah. I think it's yeah. S. E. Hinton was is, was his name. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So based on a novel, very poetic movie. Uh-huh. Like you said, a lot of surreal elements. Uh, the cinematography for me is what stands out the most. Every yeah. shot, like I said before, every shot in this movie, very tastefully done thought out to a T how it was going to be done. Um, Fantastic single and double shot close-ups right out the gate. Acting is solid, and I it it pains me to say this, guys. It really does. I I think Nick Cage is the only one who kind of holds something back. Or do you think he do you think he was perfectly cast? I don't I don't know if he was perfectly cast. Sure. But like he, Maybe he didn't. Okay, so so there's there, there's there's two ideas of this. There's taking there's taking Nick Cage and understanding where he came from, and there's taking Nick Cage and not understanding where he came from. Well, and it's also so, trying to look at the movie objectively without but, having any knowledge of Nicholas Cage. Uh, okay, the the same thing that I'm saying, but in in better context. Um, so if you understand that Nicholas Cage is the nephew of the director of the movie. Okay. It gives you a slightly different perspective of him in this film. Well, that's what I mean. I just felt, okay. especially I, I, in the early... I'm just, I'm just pointing that fact out. Yeah. I'm just pointing that fact out. So when you look at that and you see him as like, you know, the the, the badass that, that came in at the end and swooped out the girl and, you know, looks all macho and everything like that, you're like, man, Nick's actually like, man, he's kind of a cool looking guy. He looks pretty tight. He looks pretty tough. He's a pretty tough-looking guy. Yeah, but, man, you read my mind. Great. But if you take that context out and you put any other director that's not related to him, yeah, and I don't think that he would have been given the, the liberties and the freedoms sure. and and the roles and the specific direction that he was given. Exactly. I think that whereas in the last movie where you said, "Give me your best James Dean impression." Yeah. I'm pretty sure Uncle Francis looked at him and said, just don't fuck up. Well, I just think, given the Read right... Read the lines give, and stop ad-libbing. Given the and right direction... Tried, he was like, Nick! 
Get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to be straight with you, okay? This is 100% honest. Given the right direction, Nick can act, okay? Absolutely. He can Absolutely. act. He acts like an asshole because he knows that it works. Yes, but compared to the other actors in this movie, and rightly so, because Francis Ford Coppola knows what the fuck he's doing, Right. he is he is overshadowed yeah. by their acting. Yeah, that's true. It's true. So maybe by I, saying that, Nick, his Nick, role... Nick was a supporting role in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, Nick was not what drove this movie. But I think because of that, we may we may have to disqualify this film. We, we might, we might. Be, we don't get any so cage little, out. There's so little of him to right. really define this movie. This, yeah. this movie was 100, was defined by Matt Dillon, by Rusty James. Yes. Rusty James. Well, Rusty James. Rusty James. Yeah, and, and I would say maybe even more Rusty by, by <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, absolutely. I mean... Mickey Rourke, soft-spoken Misty Rourke. Misty Rourke? Is that, Rourke. Is that after he Misty transitions? <laughs> he was so quiet. So I that was the other bit I was going to comment on. Okay. You, you mentioned that it was black and white because his character was colorblind. But I think, but I, I don't know if you noticed, but when I was watching the movie, and I, I, I somewhat suffer from this myself, Okay. he's very soft-spoken. Yeah, yeah, that's his character. And, and I am also somewhat hard of hearing, where I typically, like, if, if there's any loud noises going on in the background, okay. I find it very difficult to focus on what's in front of me. Okay. So I watched this movie with subtitles, which made it a little bit easier. But the whole movie, I felt like the background noises were often uh, louder than the voices of the characters, which I, I think was somewhat also intentional. I think it was in part intentional, and I think it's also in part due to more modern remastering. I don't know, because they, they made a very distinct mention of him being deaf going deaf oh, and they yeah. even made like this big this big scene of it when they mentioned it of making of 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 increasing the volume of, of all the background noises of what he was hearing right. instead of what was like you know of, of your typical surroundings and you could hear the yeah. drops like You're right. when they were anytime they were in the apartment in their home you could hear the dripping okay like something leaking in the house well the big thing is a strong background sound a huge element is time. Yeah. There are clocks that everywhere. tick. And smoke. Smoke everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Lots Almost of scenes scene. with fog, smoke, ticking clocks. Uh, the sounds of just time passing in the background. Yeah. And you're right. Maybe that is a part of trying to express what Mickey Rourke's character is experiencing or perceives. Just, I, just I, like so the I movie being no black and white. Who, who the narrator of this movie was. Yeah, because there were a couple of points where there seemed to be some narration going on. Yeah, it was it was like a monologue. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right, narration. It was narration. Yeah, so there were points in times that I kind of questioned if maybe the narrator of this movie was, in fact, Miss Mickey Rourke's character, the, the motorcycle. Yeah, I, well, I think what was going on, honestly, is they... You were supposed to question if Mickey Rourke's character and Matt Dillon's may have, in a sense, be one. Yeah. Like, the motorcycle boy is one part of this personality. Right. And the other part mm -hmm. is Rusty James. Right. And another part even could be Steve. 
you know, because they're so uh, they're all they're always together. Well, they're yeah, all, yeah but they're one dimensional. You know, he's a one-dimensional character, so that's like one aspect of the same person. And it goes along with this idea that the fish are separated so they don't fight, but in the river they're one. They have enough yeah. space to be free. They're they're kind of one family, one unit. You know, it's there's some deep stuff going on in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's all from the novel itself because I I forgot that it was a book first and yeah, I would, you know, I, and I, I would wa- I was watching I'm thinking, man, Coppola—he he knows how to get to this level, yeah. you know, real well. And there's no real answers, you know. Yeah. A lot of it's kind of ambiguous. It's kind of up to your own interpretation. I, and I liked that a lot. I think it's yeah. a solid, solid film, probably underrated. Yeah. So, Kevin, what's a scene that really stuck out to you? I don't know if I would really say a scene. There's just um, there's little. Little tidbits that I was going to mention that maybe this is a good time to talk about. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Like, like um, at the beginning, did you know? Did you notice that when they first showed those colored fish? So you obviously noticed the fish. Um, that yeah. at that time, it's exactly when Matt Dillon said "rumble." He said, "He said, man, back in back in the day when when with the gangs." We used to rumble all the time. Right when he said rumble, you saw the fish. And it okay. was like, oh, that's like, hey, that's the title. That's the right. beginning of the movie. That's <laughs> that's really clever. Clever. So, yeah, good. I forgot about I that. I noticed that, yeah. 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 I, fa- I found it really crazy that uh, there there's this, there's this wild human crawling on the ground, kind of like a zombie in that uh, train station. Oh, yeah. Did you, know, did, you, did you remember that part? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah, a zombie or just yeah. a crazy, <laughs> rabid, homeless guy. Oh, yeah, it, it was it was interesting. Yeah, it it really creepy. made the place look rough. And then it really made made it look like a uh, music video when, when, when what, what was his name, Biff? Biff, Biff Wilcox. Yeah, Biff, Wilcox. Biff Wilcox. When he when he comes out, he looks like he's he looks like a, a music artist, you know. He like, does. He's got those dark glasses on, and it's just like like somebody like Sting or something. Like, oh, here's the beginning. Here's the beginning of the. That's what I was saying. Michael Jackson, bad. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm still saying you gotta watch. You gotta watch. You have to watch uh, uh, Bunraku at some point. Well, does he look Japanese? <gasps> he looks fishy. Oh, God, Steve. <laughs> Just cut it with the Bunraku. Fuck you! All right, it's so... So, I'd like to talk more about that fight scene. It's a good scene. It is a great scene, even though it's completely unrealistic. You know, when he's hanging from, from the thing? So, Go I ahead. will admit... Yeah, he really... I, I did a little bit of research on this on this scene, okay? So, this, this well, that's scene... that's great, because I didn't. So, you okay. gotta teach me. Daddy? Okay, good. So this this scene was actually um, specifically like sought after by Coppola, right? The director. He enlisted Michael Smuin, S M U I N. Okay, it's probably pronounced like Smin or something that we don't. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure Smin. Um, well, let's look anyways, him up. He was he was from the San Francisco Ballet. He he actually enlisted him uh, as a choreographer for this scene specifically because he liked the way that he choreographed violence. So he basically said, "I want you to do this whole scene, and here's the elements, the specific visual elements that I went in. Okay. I want a motorcycle. I want broken glass. 
I went knives, gushing water, blood. Those five things. After that, yeah, it's all you, bro. Hey, and spot on, Kevin. Spot on. Because there was such musicality to that fight scene. Yeah, it really was. It was it was very artistic, and that's that's why I mentioned Moonraku because. Because honestly, Bunraku, the entire idea behind it is it is a very much a play. It is okay. it's 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 a dance. That's You're the right. whole idea behind it. You're right. I'm I and that's that's really the element that I got out of that yeah. that fight scene. I just I don't think Bunraku is on the same level as this movie. I don't. Uh, okay. But what so you're getting at? Bunraku, Bunraku in an entirety, no. Bunraku in a scene by scene element, uh-huh. absolutely. Yeah. When you take the fight scenes of Bunraku okay. versus the fight scene in this movie, yeah. they are 100 percent on the same level. And the entirety of the movie, no, it's garbage. Garbage comparison. Oh, it, I don't know. It was difficult for me to really. It, it's difficult for me to express how I felt about the fight scene because at first I thought, well, I mean, it looks kind of cheesy and dated. But, but then, that was the idea. That I, was the idea. Yeah. And I, and I liked it. But by I the end of it, it was it was it was not a fight. It was a dance. Right. Right. Yeah. And, oh yeah. But good it was, point. Yeah. It was shot so well, though. And yeah. then you know the final shot where. Mickey Rourke uh, gets the guy with the motorcycle. I did not yeah. see that coming. You knew no. you you got was, this sense that oh shit, he's gonna do something to Biff Wilcox. He's gonna kill him. In 2018, in 2018, ideal ideals of cinematography. The final scene was a little sloppy. The final scene of the fight. You mean the motorcycle yeah, part? The motorcycle part. Yeah, absolutely. Where he's just like turns on a motorcycle and just like lifts off of it. The motorcycle just goes straight at him, and then he just lifts well, off. And just... But that's the thing. I, I feel I, like I, you I, could again, take again. for for 1983. Fantastic. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I feel like you could take oh. any shot of that fight scene and say, I mean, that's kind of cheesy compared to today. I, but I, I don't know. The when you take it all in. The rest of it is still, I think, yeah. good in in terms of okay. performance. But overall, of overall, dance. we yeah. would agree that it worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Yeah. I I think that if I if I were to reshoot this entire thing in in black and white, trying to shoot for an old style movie, I think you would hold true to just about all of the elements. Yeah. Except for the actual motorcycle movement, and yeah. may, I don't know. Maybe this is just me in in the terms of like. You know, my my ideals of mechanics and motion and those kind of things, but yeah, but I it's just, it's that, like that, you that said, part was a little awkward. But I, th- I think it was supposed to be the surrealist element. I I, I think that it was the limitations of 1983. Oh, it could be. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I I honestly do because I think that there was there were just so many things that they had the technology to really be able to. Do yeah. in that age. Well, I thought it was a quick enough shot. I didn't expect him to fly yeah. like he did, you know, to do that flip. I thought it was yeah. pretty cool. I liked it. I was shocked. Yeah. I thought, yeah. dude, that that guy's dead as shit. Dead as shit. And that was the idea. And what did you guys think about the sur- the surreal elements? Like, you know, the big one, of course, that when he dies and goes out of body, or even when he's in class and he sees Patty, right, up... Uh, up uh, taking her clothes off just by the ceiling yeah why don't we talk about patty because i thought i thought diane lane uh, was great in this movie yeah i mean Uh, perfectly cast yeah 
beautiful. The the she had such chemistry and allure. Oh my god, I just thought she was beautiful. She just had that um, like hometown beauty. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, she was like a Catholic schoolgirl, but you know, so 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 kind of supposed to be probably like the girl next door kind of thing. Yeah, um, and not the one not where the, the <laughs> not the movie, not. <laughs> um, but you know, she did play that part really well though, because she 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 put off that kind of innocence kind of yeah. thing, and it it worked really well. But yeah, and and definitely just seemed like somebody a, a lot simpler that wasn't going to be just some girl that had a lot of experience with guys or anything like that. She she definitely definitely did and did a good job with uh i don't know expressing it just seems so real her yeah. acting seems so real as far as her anger and and how she played right. that out and everything right wasn't that wasn't over the top or anything yeah. like that and i gotta give props to nick cage for dumping julie for patty <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah that worked worked out pretty good for him yeah you know, and it's so hard to discuss this movie uh, trying to center it around Nick or focus on Nick because he doesn't yeah. have as much screen time. And it seems like what we love about the movie is so much more than Nick. Right. And that's, I, like, I, I tried it. I, like, I took a few notes on, like, Nick specifically. And, like, well, every bit him. of the notes that I took on Nick was, like, basically Nick... Maybe it's Nick's character. Maybe it's Nick in general. Okay. Is jealous of Matt Dillon's character, Rusty James. <laughs> like, that's every every note that I took relates back to just him wanting to be Rusty James. Well, it's yeah. Either like Nick is jealous of his girl, or like Nick wants to do that, or like Nick's owning him, or like Nick's finally getting his shit together, like turning into a badass. But like every every single note that I took on Nick specifically relates to like him wanting to be Rusty James, wanting to be the lead character, wanting to be the one that runs the show, wanting yeah. to be the man of action. Right, national treasure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and that's that's why I think Smokey went for the girl to prove a point. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I and I think I think Coppola. I, I I question if it wasn't one of those things where he's like, Uncle Francis, Uncle Francis. Hey, what if? God damn it! I steal his girlfriend. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be totally awesome. No. And then, like, he comes back and he's like, dude, where's my girl? And I'm like, I should be the leader. Here's Wouldn't how... that be the coolest thing ever in France? Yeah, like, yeah. now, you know now he's better. It's not going to ruin my movie. I'll let you have it. Now he won up the main star. He stole yeah. the girl. Yeah, well... Yeah, and I, I, I feel like that was one of his ad libs. I feel like that was him. That was him being like, Uncle Francis, Uncle Francis, just let me have this. Just let me have this. And Uncle Francis is like, <laughs> Nick. Yeah. I actually like having an income. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going like, to say. It was more, it's like, probably but, more like. But, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, man. Because, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, did you like the movie, Kevin? Because I know you're listening to Steve and I just 
rave on and on. Did you like it? Yeah, but I feel like it really changes the podcast a lot because it I went know. from a really comical podcast yeah. as far as making fun of the whole thing to um, to now now we're basically honoring the whole movie. I know it's it, <laughs> that's just the way well, it is. That's gonna that's what's gonna happen through this whole thing. Yeah, just like Nick can't stick to a goddamn genre. Yeah, neither can we. Yeah, but we got to give credit where it's due. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it was a very good movie, and I yeah. and I was disappointed the entire time. And I I can't I honestly said it so many fucking times. I was like, this is a really good movie. Yeah, this is gonna it's... be a really hard podcast tonight because this is I a know. really good movie. It hurts so bad, and it's so and I bad. really think we're gonna have to disqualify it from the competition. I, I I can't disqualify it from the competition because Nick was in it. Well, let me and, just say this. Honestly, no, no, fuck you, because for one moment. I'm going to say this. Okay. Regardless of the fact that Nick was in it, yeah. it was still a good movie. And I, I honestly think that, that I knew, alone. I, I knew you were going to say that. I have watched movies in my lifetime, and I know that we will get to them in time, that Nick, his role in the movie, Sword of Sir's Apprentice, <laughs> fuck the movie. <laughs> fuck the movie. Well, that's his why I was saying. presence destroyed the movie. And in this movie, he did not destroy yeah. it. Okay. That well, alone allows it, from from in my perspective. Okay. To yeah. On. You just had to be a rebel. You had to be a damn I, Rusty James about this I'm whole thing. Sorry, motherfucker, but you were about to disqualify this okay. movie. Okay. Well, let it go. Here's what we'll do. I won't disqualify it. But if either of you two sons of bitches chooses this as the best of the five. I'm going to fucking cut you from this shit. I'm sorry, but if I have to compare... As of right now, if I'm comparing this to fucking Valley Girl, <laughs> there's not a lot of competition. How can you do that? How can... Because it's the, fucking Valley Girl. The cage out... You want to watch it again? Hell no. Watch it again. Hell no. <laughs> I'd rather... I'd rather, ble- I'd rather be deaf and colorblind. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and you just were watching Rumblefish, and it was still a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. So what what else can we say about Rumblefish? Honestly. Goddamn fantastic. Fucking standing ovation to motherfucking Francis Ford Coppola. Even right. though you have a shit dirt bag as a goddamn nephew, you still manage to be able to do an amazing job. And you have Wait. a goddamn ball sack at the end. <laughs> <laughs> To, 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 to fucking dedicate the movie to Nick's father. Did he? Gave, yeah, he did. At the end, he 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 dedicated the movie to August Coppola, Nick's father. Oh. Yeah. That takes a certain amount of cojones if you're going to dedicate it to the goddamn scum of the earth, Nicolas Cage. I'm just kidding. He's a fantastic actor. <laughs> wow, no, I, this was supposed to be an appreciation of Nick. It is. You're always it's shitting on him. Because we've watched two movies now. So okay. far, he's done Valley Girl, which is a goddamn abomination, and yeah, and Rumblefish. Where honestly, he wasn't bad. Well, but yeah, because he was left out of the movie. His character was a goddamn <laughs> destruction of Valley Girl. I think that I think that if you had given the Valley Girl role to a different actor, that would have been a totally different movie. Okay. But we'll save that for another day. 
The final thing I want to say isn't about the movie. It's about Francis. Francis. Ford, Francis. cars, Ford. and trucks. Ford. Coppola. Ford cars. <laughs> um, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but the big hitters I have, and of course they're classics, they're excellent, but the, the other ones I, I haven't because I know that his... <laughs> his his range his, his is quite diverse. Uh, Absolutely. And I, I want you guys, the final thought for this, I want you guys to watch this trailer for a movie that Francis Ford Coppola was involved in called Battle Beyond the Sun. And it, it may be the contender for the best of his films that I've ever seen. And I found this through Amazon. You know, after you watch a movie on Amazon, it will recommend you other ones by the mm -hmm. same actor, director, what have you. And so I got this one, and I was like, holy shit, he actually was a part of this? So I'm going to send it to you now. I want you guys to watch this. So we're going to have our first reaction. Uh, Are you watching this, Steve? Wait. You, no! You're not supposed to watch it yet. Wait. Oh, Start it over. All right. All right, you guys. I, I couldn't hear you anymore because it's so loud. <laughs> okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Ah, the the giant vagina mouth. Would you fuck it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a tooth vagina. I, vagina dentata. If you were there with me, double team, and we're good. <laughs> too intimidating on my own now. That thing, that thing could fit our whole bodies in it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Good morning, sunshine. Battle beyond the sun. Brought to you by Rock. the director of The Godfather. Rock hard. Rock hard. Man. That's what I love Rock to hear. Hard. Yeah, I just wanted you guys to see that. So that's why when I see Francis Ford Coppola, cop. <laughs> Copula. It is Coppola. Cop it is Coppola. It's Coppola. Coppola. I'm like, Cop well, I mean, I don't know. I've been, I've been pronouncing things correctly since since Separative. I was waiting, but you've been pronouncing it correctly the whole time. Did you realize that? Separative. Separative. His name is Separative. Has, if anybody out there has played Final Fantasy VII, Steve, Steve explained the game to me before I played it, and so I believe that the villain's name was Separative. Yeah, it's, it's separate. And then I played it. I'm like, there isn't even a damn D in his name. It's fucking separate. Hell, do you get it's a goddamn piece of separate. shit? It's separate. All righty, all righty. Whatever. Well, the next Have film, the next film we're going to be watching on Late Night Cage Fight is called Racing with the Moon, released in 1984. How come it sounds so much cooler when you say Late Night Cage Fight than when I say it? Oh, it sounds cool. Everything you say is cool. Don't worry, baby. No, it sounds way better when you say it. Probably because I have a, a better microphone. Na, 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 na. Oh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn stars in Racing Sean with the Penn Moon. Sean Penn does star in it. Yeah, and his brother his brother was in Rumblefish. That's right. Did you know that? That's right. Yep, Chris Penn. That's right. Was B.J. Jackson. All right. My hope is that Nick plays a slightly larger role in this movie. Oh, me too. Because yeah. as much as I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed Rumblefish, uh -huh. more than I thought I would, I was somewhat dreading the idea of watching a black and white movie. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. I was too. like, man, and I think all of us kind of were in the same boat because we all sort of put it off until, you know, tonight to really watch it. Yeah. Well, we were all having yeah. sex in the boat, so it was the same well, one. Well, 
Yeah, right. Yeah, sex in the boat because we all have active sex lives. Yeah. <laughs> Henry and Nikki are small town pals from the blue collar families with only a short time before they ship off to World War II. Sounds like fun. Henry begins romancing new to town Caddy Winger, believing her to be wealthy. That bitch got to go. Give me to go. I want to go. Mischievous and irresponsible, Nikki gets into trouble, which forces the other two to become involved, testing their sexual relationship, as well as the sexual friendship between the sexual boys. Starring Sean Penn, Nicolas Cage plays Nikki slash Bud. Nikki slash Bud. I'm very curious what that means. Is that two characters? Uh, is it like the same character who pretends to be somebody else? Is he a schizophrenic? Does he just play himself and he forgets his name in the movie and calls himself another name and they just left it I in? I think he changes he changes his sex. I don't know. His I'm, still, I'm still I'm still kind <laughs> of plot keywords here. Male nudity, bare chested male, friendship, best friend. Yeah. Rock hard. That was yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hashtag, the last hashtag. one wasn't a keyword. That was just my personal emotion. <laughs> Nick Cage, late night cage fight, hashtag, cage hashtag fight. rock hard. Hashtag rack hard. Rack hard. Hard. Rack. God, we can't even talk at this point. God, I'm glad we're done with this. Gas of whiskey, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us for episode two of Late Night Cage Fight. That was Rumblefish. Cage fight. Join us next time That's for. No Rumblefish. What did I say? Cage fish? Late. Late night cage fight at the Royal Rumblefish. That's, let's get ready to. Uh, what did I say? Cage fish? So Royal I have fish? one question. All right. You, you were fine. One final question on Rumblefish. Okay. Let's get it over with. It's a, it's a theoretical question. I'm assuming everyone is drunk enough to be able to answer this at this point. I've only had I one would... beer. Fuck you. <laughs> let's Was hear it. Jesus. The brother real was Did the, he ever exist ask the question again so i can cut was out all the shit ask, real. ask it again when i'm not talking god damn it <laughs> was <laughs> the brother real that was my point man i think it's supposed to be up in the air uh, but that's my question my question I, stands it can be up in the air all at once I think, I think they covered it. They covered both ends of the spectrum. I but think. But what's they your opinion? It. I don't care what they've covered. What, I what think he can be both. I think he can. I think he can. For whoever wants to like believe that he that it was supposed to be multi personalities, it could have very well worked. But it could also work with him uh, being his own guy because he did. Um, you know, interact a little bit with other people, not a lot, but um, but then you could just say because everything was basically uh, Rusty James's point of view from when you were seeing um, when you were seeing Motorcycle Boy interacting with other people. So yeah, you could say that it was you could say it was either way. Um, but one thing I also wanted to mention, this is a little off topic, I'll just say it quick, is I, I thought it was interesting that the whole movie you hear, Rusty James, Rusty James, Rusty James. I think Motorcycle Boy's name was Michael. You hear it one time. 
Oh, yeah. In the whole movie. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got two things. First, uh, my response to that question is uh, that's it's personal, and it's none of your, your business. <laughs> uh, second thing is I was a little disappointed because when I saw that there was somebody named Motorcycle Boy in the movie, I thought it was going to be like a machine-human hybrid, like a motorcycle <laughs> with a head and arms. Oh, so, yeah, like you ever see... Did you ever see the cover of that Lady Gaga album where she's a motorcycle? She's like motorcycle bitch. I thought it was going to be like that. And then I saw, oh, he's just a guy. Motorboat boy. That would be cool too. Any kind any kind of vehicle with a head or a human torso would have been great. Yeah. yeah. But instead, I mean, it was already a surreal yeah, like movie. A di- like a dick bicycle. Like, like a dick bicycle. Yeah, like a dick-sickle. Yeah, yeah, a vehicle with a head. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see the movie Dick Sickle starring Nicholas Cage. <laughs> 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 Nick Sickle. Personally, I believe that Motorcycle Boy never existed throughout this entire film because the only time that he was ever acknowledged by any character other than Rusty James was Bullets by Steve. And it was by Steve when he was really fucked up. What about their dad? Their dad doesn't count because he was always fucked up. Always fucked what up. about all the other characters and in the movie that referred to Motorcycle Boy? They, they referred to him, but it, always in the past tense. The only person, the only people that acknowledge him in the present tense. I, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were Steve in the one scene with, right after they got their asses yeah. beat. Uh-huh. Oh, hey. And, well, and the father, who was never, like, emotionally or intelligently <laughs> there. He was always fucked up. Mm, so okay. I firmly believe that he was an imaginary character meant to kind of like further the rule, further the, like the, the, the subconscious kind of there. Kind of. Yeah, I think he was an aspect of Rusty James. I'm just taking advantage of the fact that I can have an intellectual conversation on a, on a Nick Cage movie. So, well, that's great. I think yeah. he was an aspect of Rusty James. Yeah. And the whole really point. Because the whole... they make a point early in the movie of like him like living up to his brother and he's like... <laughs> Motherfucker, he ain't dead. He ain't gone. And then all of a sudden, like, he shows up again, you know, because he gets really, like, belligerent about the fact that, like, he's not a figment of my imagination. He's not gone. He's not in the past. He still exists. Here's the point of the movie. Rusty James can't escape this world. Right. This prison that he's put himself in. Until, until... That part of him who believes he is this other person, his older brother, who he is supposed to become, dies. Then he goes to the ocean. Then he goes to the ocean. That's good. And he's like, now where are the fucking fish? Where? I just let <laughs> him go. Fish? Where's them rumble fish? Where are them rumble fish? Yeah. They're supposed to be rumbling right here, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but that scene got cut early because... If you watch the extras, Jackie Chan shows up, and you find out it's the prequel to Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> Shanghai, Shanghai Nights. Shanghai Nights. Rumble in the Bronx fish. Hey, that's interesting, too. The only vehicle you see anybody drive in the whole movie is a motorcycle, correct? Yeah. And for not very not very far. Not very far, either. That's right. true. There's... 
into a guy. Compared to Valley Girl, mm-hmm. where there was a fucking hour and a half scene of them driving around the fucking valley yeah. in their goddamn car. Right, and then yeah, you... Yeah, in that scene of drifting in that whole parking lot. Yeah, so you got, yeah, you got both of those, and then you try to tell me that Rumblefish is the better movie. I don't get it, Steve. <laughs> I, I, I don't either. You're right. Valley well, Girl was probably the clear winner in this. I mean, that's what Kevin Smith would say. Yeah, it is. He'd say a lot of and, stuff, though. And Quentin Tarantino and so many other fucking yeah. apparently intelligent, successful people. So we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Quentin Tarantino just got married, by the way. Quentin Tarantino liked the movie. Kevin Smith liked the movie. Mm-hmm. They both make more money than we do. Clearly, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Valley right. Girl, sh- amazing. <laughs> Rumblefish, shit. Absolutely. <laughs> To go back to what I just said, though, do you find it a little odd that they're in a city and you never see a car? I don't know what city they were in, Kevin. They could have been in fucking. You think? You think they were? You think that where there's no cars? (laughs) Where there's no cars, because all people are Amish. Yeah. They have to drive goddamn horses. I guess you do. Uh, Now I I do take that back. You do see buses when when she's getting on the school bus. Right. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Barely though, barely. Yeah. You only see yeah. you only see buses of her walking by one and her and her and her and her little sister going, "Give me that D." Basically, they don't walk on out on the roads. I guess they just go through the alleys once Man, in a while. Her little yeah. sister is DTF as F. Man, she's, oh she's Bucky, old, <laughs> was that her name, Bucky? <laughs> Bucky? Well, she just looks like Bucky. Yeah, right. I bet she's <laughs> freak on more than thank you for listening to this episode of late night cage fight catch i us... love making his job challenging yes he does <laughs> catch us next time where we review nicholas cage's next movie 1984's racing with the moon again he is not the star so sadly it may be he's number three on imdb though so he's number promising f- yeah, yeah, it's probably a step up. He probably will have more screen time than he did in Rumblefish, but it remains to be seen. I mean, directors Richard Benjamin, Benjamin, not yeah. Coppola. So I don't know Richard Benjamin. He probably didn't have a career past that, so he probably gave Nick a starring role. Richard Benjamin? I like how you say that. Richard Benjamin. Yeah, he hasn't done shit since, like, the 90s, dude. So... Honestly, Nick's probably in it because clearly that was a career ender for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at his movies now. Yeah, Nick is going to have a lot of screen time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you can tell. Mermaids. All you got to do is pull up, there, pull up the director's list and you can tell how much Nick was in it. My stepmother is an alien. Yeah. <laughs> Nick is going to, yeah, he's going to have some good Oh, uh, Stepmonster. Yeah. Oh, I love Stepmonster. New Horizons Home Video presents Alan Thick. Care to dine? Robin Riker. I'm all ears. George Gaines. Step into the pitch. John Aston. <clears throat> and Corey Feldman. Let's get a blaster. Step Monster. She's mean. She's green. She's your new mom. Welcome home, sweetie. Time to trim the hedges. God, if Nick was in that, that would be a classic. Instead, we got yeah, Alan Thicke. Yeah, him and Thick. Alan Thicke. Yeah. Oh, man. Thick, <laughs> Dick. All right, guys. 
Thanks for listening. Catch us next time. As always, Nick Cage is a pretty cool guy. N-C-A-N. N-C-A-N. We appreciate you, Nick. Please make love to all the women. All of them. In the world. And think of us. Unless they have a disease. We don't want you to get any diseases. I don't mind. Late night cage fire. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. <laughs>